tomorrow night, it's the biggest night of the year for podcast fans. Our 2021 iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. These are really some of the best and brightest and smartest and most compelling minds in the country. Celebrate the podcasts we've leaned on for laughs, headlines, stories to get our adrenaline pumping, and voices to comfort us. This is a huge honor. We did it! Thank you to my listeners, because without them, this wouldn't happen. Don't miss our 2021 iHeartRadio Podcast Awards. Watch on iHeartRadio's YouTube and Facebook and listen on our iHeartRadio app tomorrow at 9 p.m. Did Abraham Lincoln's deep depressions make him a better president to lead the U.S. through civil war? Why did Marilyn Monroe's death by suicide coincide with an upswing in her movie career? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz, and on my podcast, Season 2 of Personology, I'll be joined by amazing experts to delve into the minds of famous historical figures. If you want to know what really made exceptional people tick, then take a listen to Personology. Find Season 2 of Personology on January 25th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Serious Rap Shit is a production of iHeartRadio. Me and my friend, take his rap shit Yo, 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 mic check, one, two, episode 143, Serious Rap Shit Podcast, I'm John, your host. I'm Josh, your other host. And yeah, we, we about to get busy. How you been, Josh? I'm cooling, man. Um, I finished, uh, I started this joint, I think you put me onto it a while back, uh, Man Like Mo Bean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I finished that this weekend because uh, I, I started like a couple episodes a while ago, then watched like a couple more, and then like this weekend I like finished out. Um, it's three seasons on mm-hmm. Netflix. Great fucking uh, show. Yeah, amazing show. Yeah. Um, I love it. Like I love that it's like a different perspective of like British life that we don't necessarily always get. Yeah, I, um, I heard somebody when it first came out, I heard somebody describe it as... Uh, Donald Glover's Atlanta if it were based in England with like brown people like young brown folks in England I don't think that's exactly an accurate uh, you know uh, uh, description of the show it's very much it's own unique thing yeah definitely Um, I don't think it's as surreal as uh, um, as Atlanta can be yeah um, I think it, and it's not like it's not a takedown. Essentially, like uh, people just do nothing. If people watch, people just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people just do nothing is like it's it's office in a in the sense of like it's super cringeworthy because these dudes are idiots and they just don't realize. Right, it. right. Um, man, like Mobine is a lot more heartwarming, mm-hmm. and uh, it's about a, a Muslim brother. Who um, I think he's Pakistan. I think he's from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. I think from Pakistan, right? Um, the subtitles will like have you all because the, they'll be like, you know, uh, he's speaking Hindu. He's speaking this, like you know what I mean. The subtitles like when they start speaking in another language will like be all over the place. Um, so, uh, but like he's raising his little sister. He's like a you know he used to be a road man. Um, <laughs> Black. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like, you know, now he's taking care of his like 15 year old sister or whatever. The most adorable kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and like he's got his two homies with him, the dude Nate 
um, who's a um, African brother, um, and eight, who is. You know, shout out to him, but my man definitely was dropped on his head a bunch of times as a baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, nah, he's uh, it's great though. Like, and like, it's just little intricacies of like their world, but like a bigger world as well. Um, you know, it's looking at like immigration mm-hmm. and um and like certain ideas that like you know are specific to England, but not. Like, you know right, what I mean? Right. Specific, but kind of universal. Yeah. It, it opens yeah. with, if I'm not mistaken, like season one opens with uh, them being harassed by the police. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It Like, they drop you right in. Like, yo, this world that you're living in, you're following around, like, these young, like, funny, smart young people but also it's a racist world and like a, a hostile aggressive world like they they immediately bring you into that shit yeah yeah and it progressively gets more uh like dramatic as the seasons go by yeah yeah um and you know you're constantly living in this like cuz like in, like you said the first episode is like yo they're going to lock up mobine and like mobine's his sister's caretaker mm-hmm. like you know what i mean yeah, like, like he's, he's yeah so um like you're always on that edge and it's always like you know you're you're one step away because he's like you know there's an episode i think it's season two where his uh his sister's going to like her prom or whatever and like there's been a bunch of stabbings in the area mm. and so like the police officer boy tells him like yo you want to like you want to do something talk to these youths like you know what i mean mm-hmm. and get them to stop stabbing motherfuckers yeah yeah um and like he stops some dude who has like a crush on his uh on his little sister he stops that dude like getting ready to go like shank somebody mm-hmm. you know what i mean but then like as he takes the gun away like i mean he takes the uh dude had a sword and shit if he take when he takes that away like all of a sudden the cops is getting ready to roll up and he's like yo like you right. know what i mean like it ain't me <laughs> Yeah, so there's a lot of shit like that, but it's a it, dude. It's an excellent show, man. Like yeah. excellent, excellent show. And like Mo Beam, yeah. If y'all haven't seen it, definitely find it. It's it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. That's why I watch it. Great, yeah, it's excellent. Show. Um, you know, I, I sat, I binge like that the other the other day. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of like this. Been a, like a low key week for me. You know what I mean? Not been too crazy. Yeah, it's it's been interesting over here because um Liz is starting to like venture back outside uh-huh. you know what I mean like she she just left you know what I mean she's like hanging with her homie um I have not been venturing outside <laughs> I went to the bank on Friday and there's um a Mexican uh grocer that's right across the way from the bank uh so I went in there and grabbed some produce and stuff but I've been like I've been in the crib. I've been writing, uh, mixing this album, and watching alien invasion movies. <laughs> back to fucking back. Dog, I just watched, um, right before we got on this call, I was watching uh, Battle Los Angeles. Yeah, I've seen you know that. What I'm saying like Neo's in it, <laughs> like they're like Marines <laughs> and shooting at these fucking aliens. Yeah, so I've been, I've watched three uh, alien movies just today. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's like Sunday is like uh, 
about to be seven o'clock. So like I got up and just threw on the alien joint. So that's been really like my wave. I've been like, you know, taking little walks here and there, but really just, you know, around the block and um, yeah. chilling in the crib, writing and watching fucking alien invasions. I, I feel like partially because I asked myself this morning, I was like, why are you really in the alien invasion shit right now? <laughs> I think it's because they're outside. Um, everybody's working together and they're triumphing over a powerful adversary. Yeah, so like the opposite of what's happening now. Exactly. I think, I <laughs> like think, the complete opposite. I think that was my assessment that I made because I, I try to critically ask myself like, why am I into a thing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why, am, why do I just want to listen to jazz from a particular area and time frame? You know what I mean? I try to like critically engage my own tastes. And I asked myself, I was like, why am I watching just like, man, I've, dog, I've, I've probably watched this week close to a dozen films and shows just on alien invasions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I think it is that. I think it's like it's the opposite. It's watching humans do the opposite of what's happening now. Um I guess the the with the protests it's kind of the same thing. People yeah. outside yeah. and engaging coming together coming together to engage really what's like an existential threat. And yeah. now that we're even talking about this shit, um I haven't gone to any actions since uh George Floyd was killed because I don't know, you know, I'm I'm frankly I'm scary about my immune system. Yeah, yeah, since yeah. Since the shit, really understand you know, from 2 years ago. Um <coughs> so maybe that's part of it too. Maybe on a subconscious level I like you know, it's it's a big thing about them being outside and fighting. You know what yeah. I mean? It, that makes me want to like the battle of Los Angeles shit was perfect. You know yeah, what I mean? And I they that. hit right where because there's, there's been alien invasion movies that I've come across this week, and I watch like the first five minutes of it, but then I realize they're just in a cabin. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, nah, yeah. I want to watch that, or they're just in one room. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, nah, I want niggas like running around the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fighting these fucking monsters. So that's that's really that's been my week, dog. I've been working on. Um, working with a company that's putting out uh, a travel book. So I've been writing some stuff about uh, Philadelphia's history for them. So that's really my whole week has been like writing and alien movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, today, uh, today was the North London Derby. Word, word. Um, and fucking Arsenal lost to Tottenham. Seems like so. uh, Arsenal loses a lot. You know what I mean? I don't know. <sighs> Anything about soccer, but it seems like we've had many. They were no, they went. <laughs> they were on. They had a four four game run where they won. Um, and then like the last four game is that no? They had like a four game <laughs> run where they were like doing good, and then like fucking the last two. And today, like I mean, it's all the same shit. It's fucking terrible defense. Mm. Um, Fucking David Luis, fucking oh god, dog! They just signed him to a fucking extension too. Oh, fucking asshole. Uh, but you know it's cool. You know it is what it is. We'll catch Tottenham. We'll finish above them. That's what matters. Um, but yeah, man, I think you. I, I was telling you before we got on, like you know, definitely, man. Thinking about you might want to think about grabbing you a, cl- a club in the Premier League. 
because yeah. I don't know if we're going to have any real sports <laughs> happening here. America. So. I feel like that's part of the way we could get niggas to like wear masks and social distance. Like if the president went on TV, it'd be like, hey, y'all motherfuckers want sports again? Yeah, exactly. Monkey ass back in the house. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So we can, but, but Trump's an idiot. So he, you know, yeah. any, any helpful solution, he'll do the opposite. Exactly. You know? I mean, he's like he's talking about defunding schools if they don't go if they don't open up in the in the fall and shit. God, so he's a fucking moron. You know how many? Yeah, I mean, you know how many kids are gonna carry that shit back to their parents and grandparents? Well, I saw somebody break down the numbers. You know, I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but like just frightening at the idea that like the number of kids at the death rate being at what it is right now. Jesus. Um, it would be like 63,000 kids dead. What? Like, if you just, like, did the numbers or whatever, it'd be like, is that worth yeah. the other, you know, the the other the millions that would go back to school? Yeah. Like, you know, but, I mean, this country doesn't give a shit about, like, <clears throat> excuse me, they let, like, ch- toddlers get killed in upstate New York or whatever right. through gun violence and like no gun laws change. Right. So what the fuck? Like they don't they care. Like, you know what I mean? About, you know, this, this infectious disease. Yeah. Like there's definitely like, well, I mean like the word was like from out of like the cabinet from like people inside the cabinet. It was like Trump is essentially on some shit where he's like, um, you know, people will just get used to it. Like they'll get used to like thousands yeah. dying. Yeah. yeah. And the fucked up thing about that is he might not be wrong. Oh no, he's he's no, he's yeah. not. I mean, like we've already reached that that state essentially, right? You know right. what I mean? We're 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 in a state right now where it's like people talk like yo. Know, I go, I I get depressed looking at some of my IG stories. Like I see people that I follow on IG and they're just like out in like super crowded areas with a mask, or even if they got even if they don't have a mask on. Or even if they do have a mask on, excuse me, they they're fucking like so close to people, mm-hmm. man. There's no social distancing, like nothing is happening where you're like, yo, you don't realize, man, like we are never gonna reopen doing this kind of yeah. shit. I've I've seen motherfuckers like as soon as Philadelphia moved into yellow or whatever it was, dog, I seen motherfuckers at the function. I'm like, yeah, how are these yeah. venues even open? Yeah, people just essentially treated like, yo, we did it for three months, now it's, it's over done. with. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do done. this forever. Dog, I, and I, I didn't want to cut you off. I was, I was just going to say, like, um, I was talking uh, with my man Lean with it. Shout out to Lean uh, on Twitter the other day. And I was like, dog, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I'm not DJing nowhere. I'm not DJing nowhere. Y'all motherfuckers can, can offer and beat up my inbox. I've had a couple people hitting me. I'm not spinning nowhere. I will sit in the crib. It's not worth it. You know what I mean? Had these motherfuckers ding my account for these articles. And that's it. I'm not going out spinning and and fucking around with this shit. Nah. Nah, I mean, I saw somebody, I saw, um, saw something going around on Twitter where it was like, you know, Japan never went into a quarantine and their economy didn't crash. Mm. Um, but, that's because and there's only like there's very few cases there and part of that is because mask wearing is cultural practice yeah, there it's already a thing yeah and you look at like 
what we're dealing with here where it's just like, yo, people are like having to get their ass beat in a in a market because they don't want to wear a fucking mask. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, did you see that video of the lady like on some straight like evil dead shit where she was like ramming her body into a fucking the door of the restaurant and like yeah. licking the glass? Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like we're we are living in a we are living in a fucking pandemic and people are just like, yo, I'm not gonna wear a mask because it violates my rights. Right. Americans will definitely um shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, you you know, you brought up uh the school shootings. Literally yeah. a case of Americans not valuing life over this abstract idea of rights. Which is really because Americans really are okay with the violation of rights. The police do it every day. The, the military does it around the world every day. Americans are fine with rights being violated. Americans are also uh, culturally teenagers. You know what yeah. I mean? We have this idea that, you know, you can't tell you're not the boss of me. You know what I'm saying? It's like this cultural uh, thread that runs through how... Uh, we conduct civic life and it's it's like how a teenager talks and behaves you know what i mean it's not really about you know uh real like anti-authoritarianism it's not really about you know really maintaining rights it's just you don't get to tell me what to do over shit that doesn't even matter you know what i mean wearing a fucking mask you know people are saying I'm 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 hmm. I'm up and down about the whole breathing thing because I know when I'm walking with a mask I've had like you know a couple years ago one of my lungs had collapsed when I'm and my breathing never really got back to like a hundred hundred percent so sometimes when I'm walking with a mask I have to pull it down so I get that part but I feel like people are capping with this whole they can't breathe in the mask and all of this shit I really think it comes down to not having somebody tell you what to do. Yeah. Which is really like a childish way to go through life. I understand, you know, being like rebellious and shit, but like you're rebelling against what? Protection from a disease? Yeah. You're rebelling against like us ever going back to any kind of sense of real normalcy. Yeah. Because you don't want to wear a mask. Like, All right, I get the idea that like, yo, I don't want to wear a mask for eight hours in an office. Okay, I understand that sucks. I mean, granted, my mom's a nurse and she does it all the time. Shout and uh, Allie is a fucking nurse and she does it for twelve hour shifts. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's so shout out to her. It's our birthday, um, so shout out to her. But um, it's uh, you know, they do it all the time on fucking uh, at, at a job. Like and they do it and it's not like you know the world hasn't ended you know what I mean but I get like being like fuck I don't want to wear a mask for like eight hours a day yeah. it sucks um it if you're gonna run into like Walmart wear a fucking mask <laughs> like you're gonna be in there for like an hour like right. wear a fucking mask right it's not that big a deal you know what I mean like it sucks I don't like wearing them and you know because my nose is all fucked like I breathe through my mouth so there's a lot of times where I'm breathing. And the mask gets like sucked back into my mouth. Mm. So it's constantly a, a thing of me fixing the mask to get it out of my mouth as I'm breathing. Yeah. It sucks. But you know what? Like, 
I don't want the disease because I have asthma. Like, I don't want fucking any kind of other breathing issues. And I like, dude, I remember being a kid and going into like having a really bad asthma attack one time Mm. and having to spend a week in the hospital in an oxygen tank. Jesus. Yeah. It's fucking not fun. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I it's and I can only heard how worse this shit is. I was gonna say I've seen people. We we should hop out to a break. Yeah, yeah, we should get to a break. Yeah, I've seen people up close on respirators. You don't want that shit. No machine, (laughs) like forcing your lungs to breathe. You do not want that. Nah, I'm I'm good, man. Like, I don't want any of those issues. I'm wearing a mask, man. Like, you know what I mean? And it's not that big a deal. Just fucking wear it, yeah. dude. Seriously. I've been staying in the crib. When we do go for our little walks and shit, mask up. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I stopped at the mall the other day um, to, to grab something. Um, and people were just like walking around and they'd have their mask on, but it was like pulled down, down to like below their bottom lip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're defeating the purpose. Like, why? They're taking the fuck off at that point. Like, you know what I mean? What are you doing? Seen a dude had one in his hand. Like, <laughs> beloved, you, you missing the point of that shit. Yeah, you know, what like I mean? your hand. You keep a condom in your shoe. Like, what the exactly? Fuck? Like, you know what I mean? But you know, it is what it is. But yo, yeah, we should hop out to a break. If I could be you. And you could be me for just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. Who is David Bowie? Well, that depends on who you ask, or which record you play. To some, he's Ziggy Stardust. To others, the Thin White Duke, or Major Tom. But who is David Bowie really? To answer that question, we'll have to go Off the Record. My name is Jordan Runtog, and I'm the host of Off the Record, a new music biography podcast from iHeartRadio. Off the Record goes beyond the songs and into the hearts and minds of rock's greatest legends. Every season profiles one classic artist, taking listeners on a wild ride through their extraordinary career. The first season examines the life, or rather lives, of David Bowie. Each episode of the 11th part audio event tells the story of one of his iconic personas. Together, these faces form an intimate portrait of one of the 20th century's most influential figures. So who was David Bowie? Tune in to Off the Record to find out. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. All right, boom. Back in effect. Um, So, yeah, this is an interesting uh, turn of events for the really the past couple years now. Uh, Talib Kweli and Yasin Bey have been teasing uh the fact that there's a mad lib produced black star album that's you know been lying in wait for a while and recently i want to say uh the tail end of of this week 
if not uh, the top of this week, it might have been the top of this week, uh, Talib Kweli, who's the master of Twitter, as we're seeing. Yes. <laughs> with all his other shit that's going on. Um, he came on Twitter and he said that uh, the Black Star Mad Lib album is not going to see the light of day. He said, quote, it's in God's hands. Yeah. Which, you know, motherfuckers are super excited about this and they have been and you know when it come out it'll sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Because if, if motherfuckers, yeah, if motherfuckers are like fucking with Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs like that, Mad Lib and Blackstar, that shit is, is out of here. So you know there's got to be some fucked up shit behind the scenes Pretty to much. make him basically be like, yo, I'm, I'm washing my hands of this thing. It's never going to come out. Yeah. Yeah, um, and apparently, you know, he went on to be like, you know, it's motherfuckers that's cultural vultures and yeah. people that ain't never contributed to this culture in any type of way, never made a beat, never never wrote a rhyme. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, they- it's hinting at, like, some shit behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, he was like, you know, he put all his own money into this. Like, I paid for this to get done. Mm-hmm. Um. Which sucks. I, again, I don't understand how that, like, you know, you, you couldn't find some label to, like, you know what I mean, to give y'all some money for that, but, you know, it is what yeah. it is. I, yeah, how about that? I also wonder, like, at that point, if you've done all that with your money, like, you essentially own that shit. You know what I mean? This is the thing, again, yeah. You know, funny money practices and like, you know, if y'all y'all was like, y'all went into this as like, yo, we're going to do this project together and there's no paperwork. Yeah. Um, yeah, who knows that there's paperwork associated yeah. with it. Also, you know, you can't like he can finance a project, but you know, if if it's to be released, Madlib has to sign off A on uh the masters that he produced yes. and B the publishing for the music that he composed. So he has to like he Long story short, like niggas was speculating that uh, Mad Lib's manager, Egon, who used to yeah. work with Mad Lib uh, at Stone's Throw, uh, now, you know, they're, they're separated from Stone's Throw and Egon is Mad Lib's manager. Cats are saying, I don't think Kwali, Kwali, I feel like Kwali kind of like uh, tipped his hat when niggas was saying yeah. it like yo is Egon Egon is the one that's blocking it apparently e- Egon is the one who's blocking this thing and not letting them get a deal done cause all three parties have to sign off on some shit like this yes and yeah. I saw a lot of confusion cats were in um, they were like yo well if you paid for this shit you know why it can't just come out and it's like it's not that simple you can yeah. pay for when I first sessions. saw when I first saw the like the quality tweets of being like look I did what I could it's in God's hands now you know who I went to I was like hmm, I if that's most, most. <laughs> <laughs> that's you know I I didn't think that when he when he started okay. talking about like culture vultures, Quali would never. Well, that was yeah. He would never. That would that. that's what tipped me to something else. When I first heard, when I first saw people talking about it, and they were saying like, "Yeah, he's saying he flew all over the place." I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to. I mean, because you know, shout out to shout out to Yasin. He but he's been known to be flaky. Yeah. 
Like, you know what I mean? He has that reputation. I don't know if it's accurate, but he has that reputation. Yes. So, like, I was like, yo, I'm not... You know, I thought like, oh man, I wonder if it's most just like holding shit up, like not finishing. But then when I saw like, you know, he was like, yo, the album's finished, blah, blah, blah. When I saw the actual tweets and it was like, yo, culture, I was like, well, he's definitely not talking about most because right. he would never call most a culture vulture. Right. Um, so that wasn't what I, I was like, oh shit, it's got to be something else. And then it was, you know, then when I was reading into it, it was like, yo, people think it's Egon. Yeah. Um, I think I'm fucked up because like, when he said it, I just assumed it was some white man somewhere. <laughs> this seems like we can't get a new. We got Black Lives Matter. We got protests around the world. We can't get a new Black Star album. It's got to be the white man. <laughs> yeah, somebody saw. You know, listen. Yeah, I thought like when I first saw it, I didn't see the tweets. I just saw people talking about right. it and saying like, I guess we're not getting this Black Star album. I was like. <sighs> Okay, most like you know what I mean because I just know like he's had a history of being flaky with stuff. Yeah, but I mean like listen, there's still a fucking a most deaf and Manny Fresh album out there somewhere that's I never seen the light of day. Know. Um, so I wonder. So I was like, oh shit. But then when I saw like what the tweets were, I was like, oh, it's definitely not most yeah. when culture, he's talking about culture. this. They be the one, Joe. I I feel like. Um, with all of this like activity post uh, George Floyd being killed, a lot of shit is being called into question. And I'm seeing a lot of people really talk about and and uh, revisit this notion of like culture vultures and, and really how much of hip hop economically is controlled by white people. And I don't even mean just on the major label level even in the underground a lot of these motherfuckers i saw a conversation on twitter um i can't think of the uh the one brother's name that was going back and forth with like a european guy who ran a label even on the underground level like these cats who are putting out vinyl and shit a lot of that is like white guys that are putting up the money for it and a lot of the artists don't feel like they're getting their uh, just do or justly compensated. So I think that um, in this moment, while we're reevaluating all of this stuff, that's another thing we need to talk about, uh, just how much of black art has been traditionally controlled by white people and how much it remains to this day. Those gatekeepers. Yeah, 100%. Um uh, one quick thing before I get more into the gatekeeper thing. Remember the the scene in Atlanta when uh, Donald Glover's talking when uh, fucking Darius needs to get the uh, the uh, his passport like right away, mm-hmm. right? So they go check out these dudes and they're like Hasidic Jews, yeah. Um, and Donald Glover asked the boy like, "Yo." Do you think? Because I think his brother was like in, like the dude's brother was in music or something like that. The city Jew mm-hmm. dude's brother was in music, and he was he was like a manager, and he was like, you know, do you think like a black dude could be as good as a manager as like your brother is? And he was like, yeah, sure, like you know what I mean. He said the difference is like the connections my brother yeah. has, yeah. Um, and like that is an issue because of gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I posted something on our. Um, on our social medias a while back about like the numbers of uh, like people of color inside like different facets of the world, yeah. right? Um, 
the number of people, the uh, number of uh, people of color um, that are involved in entertainment, like the heads of networks and like movie studios and all that mm-hmm. shit, was less than the number of uh, the, of people of color inside Trump's administration. That's crazy. And like you were like when you saw you like said like yo that's fucking insane like you know what I mean for as, as that, liberal as Hollywood claims to yeah. be yeah yeah you know? oh it's I mean a lot of it is so much of an old boys network yeah and um you know there's a situation where like they hold the keys for like so much shit to get made yeah um. You know, and you have to sell shit. I mean, like Donald Glover's talked about like selling Atlanta on something that was selling FX on something that did not was not what they were going to make. Right. Because if he would have came in there and said, "Yo, I'm going to make this super like esoteric surreal <laughs> uh, uh, show about uh, a rapper," like they'd have been like, "What? Yeah, like, what no." The fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. If they if he would have came in and said like, "Yo, I'm going to do an episode where a dude is uh, a young black dude is going to be wants to be a young white dude," right. And They'd have been like, "Are you invisible no? cars?" And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like an alligator, yeah. They're, you're not going to get any of that. Like the whole the whole second season opens up with like nobody who's in the main cast, and they're robbing like a drug spot that's like a front from a, a, a like a, a fucking fast food joint, yeah. and. Like if you would have like tried to push that through, like he like if he tried to sell them on that idea, no one would have went yeah. with it. Like you know what I mean? Because so many gatekeepers, and a large part of this too is, and we've we've bumped heads with this in stuff what we're doing, right? Uh, the people who write the checks are not creative people, mm-hmm. and you're trying to sell non-creative people on these like big grand ideas and they ain't the one who's going to like, they're not, they, they're not creative. So they don't think that way. Yeah. Their bottom line is, can we make money off right. this? Like, Oh yeah, it's a um, cool idea, but does it earn? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, when you mix that with also like, even in like quote unquote liberal Hollywood, the undertones of racism that exists regardless. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, they're not gonna. You're gonna not get those same kind of projects greenlit. Um, the same kind of ideas where like you people have power, and this is their one. They they aren't creative people, and so this is their one shot at actually having any kind of power over anything. Yeah, and I think that even like with taking it back to the music and hip hop, I think that also that dynamic of like who gets to co-sign something or quote-unquote green light something that comes out i think it plays out also in the political dynamics of the music if you have a, a young rapper who's talking about racism who's talking about that stuff's you know i, I feel like a lot of people are going to get signed off of like doing content about racism in this moment you know what i mean but yes I feel the, like, yeah yeah in this climate yeah like like generally beforehand a lot of rap music has been uh, purposefully depoliticized, I think, frankly, because white people can't deal with the political content, like a radical political content coming from black people. Um, I think that groups like uh, Public Enemy are outliers in that. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we think of uh, the golden era of hip-hop 
and the political content in it and we think that that was like the rule but i feel like industry wise that shit was like the outlier shit that kind of got through and i think that um i mean we see it now where we see older white folks who grew up on like rage against the machine stuff like that or people like our age who grew up on that stuff and they're like oh i don't i didn't pay attention to the politics yeah you yeah. know what i mean the, the uh sways dj um white guy uh dj wonder that people have accused of being maga he said it flat out he was like i've I've never really been comfortable with the political content of rap you know what i mean which is like that's like saying you know i eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i don't like peanut butter you know what I, mean? I don't yeah. like peanuts you know what i'm saying something that's like essential to the thing and i think that a lot of times who gets deals is deeply political is deeply racial you know what i mean and and anything else that you can think of is definitely not a meritocracy and as we've seen in the case with the black star record it as it appears i don't want to throw this on egon if it ain't him but if it as it appears it's it's literally all it takes is like one white guy to to put the kibosh on yes, the whole negotiation, up. which you know, and 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 block something. I don't know what the shit sound like, but the shit could be a classic for the culture. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. I I know Quali is coming with it on the mic. I know Moses coming with it on the mic. Mad Libs a genius on the beats. This is something that the culture wants, and really, all it takes. Think think about like yourself as a man of color how many things you've blocked from coming out into the world ain't a lot yeah you know what i'm saying shit kind of happens to us but in this case really it seems like all it takes is one white guy to be like you know oh you know we're not getting enough money we're not getting a big a big enough slice of this deal or whatever and then we don't get music that we want and i think that it speaks to a larger problem in music and like you said in Hollywood and and in all of these entertainment uh, sectors that we generally think of as liberal. Yeah, yeah, I think there's it, there's a big issue with gatekeepers in a more roundabout area, all the way in every aspect of life. Um, yeah. I think uh, I don't remember what day it was. A couple of days ago, um, your partner Liz, um, shout out to Liz. She wrote like, you know, she posted a tweet where it was like, I see more, you know, dogs in y'all employee list than people of color. Yeah. The, oh, meet meet our team. It'd yeah. Like five dogs in them joints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No black people. You know, that's a real like a real issue and a real thing. Yeah. Um you go look at like these areas and you you know, you see like, you know, who on like you look at a lot of these TV shows like who's in y'all writers room mm-hmm. um, who like you know y'all doing a TV show about you know fucking black folks and like everybody go grabs Greg Fitzsimmons mm. you know what I mean like he's doing like you go look at like go pull up like Greg Fitzsimmons IMDB <laughs> yeah he's written on like every like quote unquote black show Shit. He's like the go-to white dude they get to do these different things. And it's like... That's so crazy. <laughs> um, 
Louis C.K. used to be one of them too. Like he wrote on a lot of uh, black he TV shows. Fucking so. booty tang. That's yeah, why he yeah. think he he got the <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? That's why I mean um, he's white in the world. But like also, I think that's why he think he you know could take liberties. Yeah, he's a. Uh, but so like there's there's these aspects of gatekeeping. I think in every. Uh, um, every area, like you get it in politics, um, you get it in these regular fucking ass jobs. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. And, you know, I can't tell you how many jobs I went to. I one job I went to and was interviewed by a person, uh, like a black person. Mm-hmm. That shit's um, rare. That's rare. Yeah, and it was Polo when I worked for Polo years and years and years and years and years ago. It was I was interviewed by a black person. No other time. I think I think it was Julia. I'm still like Facebook friends with her to this mm-hmm. day. She's an awesome person. Um, no, actually, I think I was interviewed by her, and I was interviewed by Aaron, who became the store manager of the place I worked at because they were opening a, a different store. Yeah. Um, uh, and Aaron is a good dude. Like you know, they're actually married at this point. Her and Julia, and they're uh, yeah, it was dope, like awesome. Uh, but they're uh, they were. I think that's the only job I've ever been to where I was interviewed by a black person. Oh shit! Wow. And I've had trust and believe. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've had about a million jobs. So I, I yeah, I do, you know like so when you're trying to get into all these places, I mean that's when you get into these different arenas of like, um. Uh, like code switching and yes. shit like that because you're like, yo, I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta do the dance to be able to get in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is insane. Imagine, like, you know, there's certain, there's a certain degree of quote unquote professionalism that all workers have to adhere to, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, if you're a white person listening to this, I couldn't imagine why. But um, if you're a white person listening to this, imagine the the tone of your voice and the grammar that you use and the enunciation even. The core of, of what makes, you know, your voice, your voice and your, your way of communicating. Imagine eight hours a day having to contort that in order yeah. for it to be acceptable in a professional situation yeah it's like just like think about how heavy that is and how much yeah. added weight it would bring to the the uh your work day emotional yeah. weight that that brings having to just talk different for eight hours a day every single day yeah, you're not what how you walk, talk and act is not deemed appropriate. Yeah. And you need to constantly change that merely for the fact that like we live in a world that is so one other way. Like, you know what I right. mean? Dude, it's such an emotional toll it takes on people yeah. to just not like it was one of the only good things that came from my old job was that I was by myself all the time mm-hmm. and I never had to be different like I could always be just myself out, yeah. like you know what I mean I never had but like they wouldn't like that if I was like interacting with like con- contractors and shit like mm-hmm. that but 
you know, I didn't really have to do that kind of shit because of the shift I worked and the people that I ran into most of the time on that shift were, you know, more in line with me. Right. But like I would see it, you'd see it even in like shit like that where you'd bump into crews and it's like the only uh, like foreman you'd bump into were like you bump into some younger black foreman mm. now because so many of the older white dudes at these jobs were retiring. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like 10 years ago or so, it wasn't like that. It wasn't until a lot of these jobs started forcing retirement on a lot of these older dudes. Mm-hmm. You, But back then, you'd run into crews that were just all white dudes or like definitely run by white right. dudes. Right. You know what I mean? And it, it just the idea, like I didn't think about that till we just having this conversation, but I was like, I don't think I've ever been interviewed by a black person except for that one job. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, it's It's been rare. It's yeah. been rare. I've I've been interviewed by white people to work in my own black ass neighborhood. Yeah. The neighborhood I grew up in. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely like a rare, rare thing for like the black person to be the one that gets you in. That's why at, at my last nine to five, uh when I worked at the co op, I would volunteer to interview folks. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like I like I had been there for years, you know what I mean? I had already had management experience before. I wasn't a manager there, but I had management experience uh elsewhere. So yeah, when it came down to it, like toward the end of me being there, I would volunteer to go interview motherfuckers. You know yeah. what I mean? Cuz I I felt that black people inherently didn't get a fair shake. And then even when black folks like it was one even even when black folks would get hired, they wouldn't get a fair shake. It was a brother um who used to work with us that I felt like white people were uncomfortable around him because he didn't code switch. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he would just he would talk. He was from Southwest. <laughs> he would talk like he talked. And if yeah. I felt like the uh uncomfortableness off of my white coworkers, you yeah. know what I'm saying, which is like bugged out to me. You know what I mean? People, I I, I like to think that I take people as they come. If you got a country ass accent, or you know you got a uh, whatever mid Atlantic Northeast <laughs> accent, whatever, you know what I mean. I take you as you come, but it feels like there's a level of uncomfortableness that comes along with uh, black folks talking like black folks talk or you know with people who speak Spanish who are brown and speak Spanish speaking Spanish in, in public places it it uh-huh. seems like there's all of these little things that could be just arbitrary cultural things turn into uh, ways to gatekeep and ways to hold power yeah um, I think it's I think one thing we have to take note in this moment that we're living through right now with uh with so much uh like um essentially revolution going yeah. on where we're 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 demanding certain things change. I think one of the biggest things we have to like incorporate and I think this has been going on, I've seen this discussion way more uh, than I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um but the idea that like 
we need to break the barrier of who's holding, who's the gatekeeper, who's the one holding the keys. Right. Um, and I think that's an extremely important conversation that needs to continue to be um, brought up and like hammered. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I think we should take a quick break. Uh, and when we get back, we can talk a little bit about uh, T.I. and uh, 50 um, and their proposed versus battle. What do explorers, an army officer, and a Minnesota insurance salesman have in common? They all wanted to be the first to reach the North Pole, but only one of them made it. I'm Kat Long, science editor at Mental Floss and host of the new podcast, The Quest for the North Pole, which dives into the centuries-long race to explore the Arctic, find the Northwest Passage, and conquer the top of the world. With a cast of daring adventurers and some pretty determined amateurs, the race to the pole reveals the human desire to solve mysteries of geography and the soul. We'll look at the important Arctic expeditions that filled the blank spaces on the map and recognize how indigenous people made them successful. We'll examine what pushed explorers to venture ever farther into the unknown and uncharted and how the climate crisis is changing the Arctic today. Listen to The Quest for the North Pole every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards, and it could happen here. And boy, it does seem to be happening here. I'm going to guess most of the people listening to this are deeply concerned with what they saw happen in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. And I'm here to tell you it was a fascist insurrection, an attempt by fascists to take over our democracy. And it didn't happen in a historical vacuum. There have been numerous attempts, many of them successful, by fascist movements to take over democracies over the last century. In order to protect yourself, in order to protect your family and your very freedom, you need to understand this history and the history of the different anti-fascist movements that have fought, sometimes successfully, often unsuccessfully, to stop the same things from happening in their own countries. The knowledge of this history is important, and it's maybe the only thing that can save us. So, if you're as concerned as I am, listen to Behind the Insurrections on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Boom, back in effect. Um, so apparently, <laughs> T.I. wants to battle uh, 50 Cent. They want to do a versus battle, which yeah. totally makes sense. If I were, uh, you know, a celebrity on their level, I would absolutely want to do that. You got millions of people's eyes on you at a moment. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, that, that shit's probably driving up them streaming True, yes definitely so yeah I, I, it absolutely makes sense that T.I. wants to do this um, I stopped trying to predict these shits cause I was yeah. telling niggas that Teddy Riley was gonna watch Babyface I was legit on the internet saying that like man Teddy all the records Teddy Riley did man he finna watch Babyface Babyface sleepy ass romantic silk <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I was convinced so I'm, I've stopped trying to predict these things I do feel like um, if they were to do it, which I hope they do, um, T.I., I feel like his music works better for the moment. Yeah, and probably. I think he's, he's going to take it because of that. Um, I know originally, like T.I. said, he wants to battle Jay-Z, but he knows Ooh. Jay-Z won't do it. Don't do that. Cause, yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm going to smoke you. You and, yes. you and 50... 
that's a good uh-huh. clash. Even whole, like whole sound and everybody sound wise of a time uh, like you know what I mean like you guys fit pretty good together dog you don't want none of that Jay-Z smoke like listen I like some of T.I. songs yeah I'm not like there's not uh, like we talked about this before there's only like two or three guys who can even hold a candle to Jay so um, no I agree with you Um, I uh, I also think um, I think you would break down a lot regionally. Oh, a hundred percent. Especially the niggas beca- with the bootcut jeans <laughs> from up here, they riding with fifty. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, if you ever own like a G unit tank top, <laughs> you're probably not. You know what I mean? Hopping off uh, fifty. Nah. Um, I also, I, I'd be interested to see what certain stuff plays because what I found too is like um, even with like uh, like smaller stuff what regionally is really important to some people isn't regionally as important to others yeah Um, a lot of people uh, shout out to Freeway a lot of people like if you listen if you say Freeway one of the first things people think about here is what we do Mm -hmm. um in a bunch of other states, it's not like that. Yeah, it might be like uh, Rock the Mic. Rock or the Mic or uh, flip, side. flip Side. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what people are going to think of a ri- like first. Yeah, For, if, you, if you have a, a city or a region that's warm all year round, it's a cold winter. Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to resonate <laughs> with you Yeah, it don't ring off the same. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, but if you do that and like, a bar here in Philly, you throw that record on the bar. St- like people stop what they're doing to sing the lyrics oh. word for word for that song. hundred percent. So, I mean, like, so I wonder, like, what Ti may play because it it ran down down south, but right. might not necessarily got the same play nationwide, and definitely not like here. You right. know what I mean? Um the one big advantage I think 50 would have is that that New York thing has been pushed everywhere. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was shit rung off, you know, in different areas. Yeah. Not, he was not the same as T.I. would in the South. No. But, you know, the one two, like, I mean, T.I. was huge, but 50 yeah. Cent was the biggest artist in hip hop for a while. Period. Yeah. It was no like, yeah. It was it was so crazy too because M had just went crazy. Yes, you know what I mean. That late nineties to early two thousands, M was like out of here, and Fifty came right behind it. It was it was like having I don't know baseball, but like you got Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey on the same team. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was real crazy, but Fifty, yeah, he was like the biggest thing out at the time. Yeah. Yeah, there's a um he I mean like I mean when and listen now maybe down south this is completely different because mm-hmm. like maybe when like TI dropped one of his albums like maybe like the one with the rubber band man joint on it, right? Yeah. Maybe that shit was in every car. Right, right. When 50 dropped uh what's the name of that first get Richard Die Trying. Richard Die Trying, yeah. 
Every car had that joint playing. Every Bro. car had that shit playing. That shit was like when Biggie tape came out. Yes. Like when Biggie first album came out, that shit rocked a whole year in every car. Yeah. Red Man was like that when he first came out. 50 was like that. His shit rocked everywhere you went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. Like when Doggy Style dropped. You know what I mean? Like everybody heard that. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't, it wasn't a regional thing. Um, You know, real quick, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like that, and you remember this because you was around when this shit was happening, especially here in Philly when the Rough Riders put out the first Rough Riders. Oh, the Rough Riders. Yep, yep. That shit was everywhere. It was crazy, dog. I rode to my prom. Listening to that record, like that yeah. was the record I rode the prom listening to. That shit was every. It was inescapable. Whatever summer that was, yeah, you couldn't escape that shit. Summer ninety nine, dog. That was yeah. ninety nine summer. Dog. When that shit dropped, because I mean, it had the the, uh, the Eve John. I got a man, and I think I'm calling love. They had the Jay Z joint on everywhere. there. Yeah, dog. That record ran. Yeah. So like. There's certain things I don't know. Like it may be down south. Like Ti had a record that was like that. Like mm-hmm. just culturally, like was crazy. Um, you know, and I know he was beefing with my man, the Leprechaun Bull, for a while. <laughs> he was. <laughs> and that wasn't like the weakest to be engaged <laughs> with. The nigga with the Lucky Charms album cover. You yeah. beefing with Bull. Yeah. Um, and I listen, I know Rubber Band Man ran. Like that joint. Yeah. Bring him know. out. Yeah, bring him out. Uh T. I what's the shit? Um uh the Ain't I Ain't yeah. I do, 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 do. He like had, that shit um, would hit. Uh what's your call? Uh the fucking MIA joint too. Swagger like us, yeah. Swagger like us, like yeah. you know, he had joints. Like don't, so don't get me. Like I definitely think like they're like because it's like hit for hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I definitely think I could see Fifty Cent having a lot more faith in some of that like uh, newer shit he's put out, being like, "Yo, this shit really bangs," and people going yeah. like, "Nope, like I'll that don't bang you. against this." Yeah, I I wonder. I've heard a few people bring this up when talking about this this past week folks are saying that uh 50s music hasn't aged the same i can see that i think that now in 2020 uh hip-hop culturally is very much southern Uh sonically is very much southern uh the influence of southern hip-hop is everywhere in hip-hop culture just about and I wonder if those T.I. records, they're like anthems, you know, they're optimistic sounding, you know what I mean? I'm thinking primarily like like stuff like Bring Them Out. That shit sounds like it would fit. 50 Cent, Many Men was the shit, but it's also like grimy block shit. Yes. So I wonder if the generation that really decides this shit is like Liss's generation, folks who are like in their 20s on Twitter. They grew up on T.I. They grew up on 50 Cent, too, but they grew up on T.I. on like BT yeah, and yeah. MTV. And I just wonder if that's going to play a part. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think there's definitely an aspect of 
you know, and I think that's something we don't think about too all the time is that like the the ludicrous and um, Nelly battle is very similar. Whereas like you know, our like in our generation, it's like yeah, you know, like Ludacris was closer to at least like some stuff that we were really we'd be into. Nelly wasn't right, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like there's people that grew up and you know that fucking drink with uh, Kelly Rowland was like the first song. That you know they would sing to their first love and shit. Yeah. And like for us, that was not the wave. So I think there's there's those kind of aspects that play in. Um, there's definitely a generational thing. Um, but I don't know. I think Fifty would be hard to beat in that. Um, so I'm interested. I don't think it's official though. Like it never became official. Official, right? Yeah, I don't think Fifty. Uh he might have responded. He responded to everything else on the fucking internet. Yeah, I know he um, like released the uh, a Crime Stoppers commercial that uh, Ti did. <laughs> we not talking about that, dog. We talking about music. <laughs> we not talking about if this nigga snitched or if he worked with the police and shit. Yeah, but um, that's fifties. That's his character, though. You know? Yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Definitely. I yeah, mean, he's I a troll, dude. He's an internet troll. Right. Right. I don't think they officially agreed to do it. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I, I hope that they do. I yeah, me too. Fly. I, we haven't had a we haven't had one a real good one in a while. Um didn't I didn't really get engaged in the, the Jada and Fab joint, so yeah. um Yo, um why don't we uh start getting into some new music this week? Because we got a couple of joints. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um were you did you listen to anything new this week? Yeah, I fuck with that uh Apollo Brown and Shane Noir as God intended. Yeah, it's really fucking good. You know yeah, what I mean? Chanoir, she's like, I knew, like, I I had heard her. You know what I mean? And knew she was ill. That song that she did with Black Thought, that's on this record. When I heard that a few months ago, and heard like how she was really, you know, thought be like getting niggas out of here on their own song. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. When I was like, kept coming back to her verse, I was like, oh yeah, she's real ill. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's really like, you know, sample based beats, you know what I mean? Her kicking that shit. And it's just it's like real dope. It really it, it feels like it could be a winter album. Yeah. You know what I it mean? does have that feeling, yeah. Some of it reminds me of like uh the first A Z, you know what I mean, like Royal Flush, shit like that. It's got kinda like that cinematic like street feel to it. Um, but it's you know it's it's a summer album, but it feels like it could be some winter shit. Like you going you gonna go back to it later. Yeah, it's a hoodie album, a thousand percent. Um, shout out to Buffalo, yo, because yeah, Buffalo killing the game right now, dog. She yeah. from Buffalo. Who would have um, fucking thought? Yeah, you know, right. Ten years ago, who would have thought? Yeah, no, I, uh, ten years ago, the only thing I thought about Buffalo was like the Bills. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But no, yeah, I really like this album. I really, really like this album. Um, it's definitely right now. It's on my short list of like records of the year. Mm, the I same. really, really enjoy it. Yeah, Apollo Brown just destroys it. Shout out to Detroit. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This is a really, really, really good album. Um, if any, if you folks haven't listened to it yet, as God intended, um, go check that joint. They'll check that joint out. Yeah, definitely rock with it. Um, <clears throat> I checked out uh, Stove Guy Cooks joint mm. reasonable dr- reasonable drought came out back in March. Um, 
and I know like uh, Westside said he got him on the album partially because he said like this shit was a fucking banger and people didn't hear it. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, shout out to the homie Steve. He reached out to me. And it was like, yo, did you check that joint out yet? And I was like, no, nah, I plan to, though, because like I heard Westside talk about it. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, I think you'll like it. So like I checked that out this week. Um, I heard somebody, somebody wrote this. I don't remember who it was now. Somebody, I, when I posted, I was listening to this. Um, somebody was like, yeah, who'd have thought um, I'd want to hear Pusha T over Loops? Mm. Uh, because it's all produced by Rock Marcy. Uh, yeah, the whole yeah. project's really produced by Rock Marcy, and Rock Marcy's killing it on these beats. It fucking beats like crazy. Um, the one thing I will say, I think Stove God is very similar. And I mean, listen, man, he's talking about Cookie Coke, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Essentially talking about selling selling bricks, yeah, and yeah. that isn't like a new inventive thing. But he has such a crazy like personality and yeah. energy, which I think is like the complete opposite of what Pusher has. Pusher is very like low monotone style mm-hmm. rhymer, right? I think like Stove God is like this exuberant personality. Yeah. Um, you can hear it in his style and like he's just like his style feels loud, if that makes sense in any way. Yeah. Um he feels like to me kind of like a Buster Rhymes talking about selling coke. Mm. Where his style is just like loud, like out there, like in your face type thing. That's crazy you said that too, because I um listened to uh one joint from this. I haven't gotten to the whole thing. Uh-huh. And I got that same like animated feeling. Yes. But my man said he was uh with Buster Rhymes camp. Ah, word. Okay. Which kind of makes sense because Rock Marcy was too. Yeah. 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 I can see that, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's uh, my man uh, Prism. That's what he said. Like, yeah, he was uh, fucking with Bus. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I really like this joint. Again, this is another joint that might low-key make my top 10. Like, Mm. I like this record a lot. So much Um, good shit. Like, I I feel bad for motherfuckers who be like, oh, I can't find (laughs) Man, you not tapped in. It's so much shit. It's, It's overwhelming. Uh-huh. Um, the amount of music that's, that's just coming out. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of shit. There's just a lot of really dope shit. There's shit that we don't get to, to touch on every week. I mean, we could do, there's legit, like, there's weeks where we could just do a new music, rec, uh, a whole episode of new music. I just, I, I'm afraid of, like, we would run out of, like, things to talk, like, not things to talk about, but, like, things to like really say about albums and shit like that um and i also don't want to be reviewing somebody's album and then we get on you know how we do and end up on a tangent about like racial injustice in the middle of talking about somebody's album (laughs) which would definitely happen exactly um also i checked out uh baldy james and alchemist record uh Mm. the print the price of tea in china yeah yeah Fucking dope! Like all these records this week are amazing. This record is just same way. Fucking yeah. this record is really, really good. Um, I like Baldy on the mic. Alchemist, you know he's on a good tear right now. Um, these beats are crazy. They're really lush and pretty. Mm. Um, and what's dope is all three of these records have one solitary uh, producer. We going back to that, it yeah. seems. 
Yeah. I noticed some cats is is different, you know, on the uh underground. Some cats either do that with just one yeah. producer or they're still doing like multiples. But it yeah. seems like more people are just linking in with like one producer and creating a sound. Yeah, I think that's really good, especially for artists who are like still building their rep because it builds a uh it builds something familiar for people to go to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this record, uh, Baldy James and Alchemist, The Price of Tea in China, really good. Uh, Baldy is super nice on the mic. And uh, Alchemist, I mean, you know, he's a he's a legend for a reason, dog. Yeah, so. Alchemist is on a tear. I'm going to edit this out. Uh, I was chatting with the boy. Uh-huh. And he was saying he got a whole, they got a whole album with Alchemist. Oh, for real? Which I know when that shit come out. <laughs> Yeah, that shit, that shit. Well, motherfuckers not gonna know how to react when that shit come out. I ain't hear nothing from it. He just mentioned it was the last show I went to uh, before quarantine. He just yeah. mentioned it. You know what I mean? He's like, "Hey, you know our next joint is like all Alchemist beats." I was like, "Man, that shit is gonna be fucking crazy." Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I listen. My advice. Go check out you don't you all oh, ain't no new records out. Go check out all three of these records. Yeah, fuck with all of these. All three of these records are really, really good, man. Yeah. Um uh and other than that, man, we can rap. Uh you know, we do have the uh the 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 YouTube channel now. Hey, YouTube. At Serious Rap Shit. Um that is up. So you can get you know, you can check out we got a couple videos up there. We're gonna start doing some more stuff. Um the one the video I did this week that I posted that's like a clip from the show um, Instagram like took down mm. uh, you know fucking Universal Music Group like you know pulled that shit down um, so like it's still on like when you look at our page it looks like it's there at least for me but like right. I don't think it's there when you look at it through another channel um, but it's still up on uh YouTube, you can go check it out there. Um, I really liked the video. I, I was proud of what I did with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it got my fucking fifteen-year-old's uh, seal of approval. So like, that's always <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Babies tell you, yo, it's, it's cool. It's fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's uh, it's basically from last week when we were talking about uh, Kanye being president. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's available go check that out like and subscribe there uh you can find us on all the social medias at uh serious rap shit um i'm indie underscore srs indi underscore srs on instagram and twitter you are john underscore liberator on instagram and twitter um and uh other than that you know, they got the Abolish Ice shirts still out there. Out here rocking. Yeah. With, where, where um, I'm in quarantine, you know. Exactly. With uh, uh with Incense Trap and Yoga. It's a black woman-owned business. So, like, you're supporting. Plus, you know, Ice got wild again this week. We're just talking about deporting students because there's going to be no classes. They're going to deport students. Yeah. Did, uh, did you hear the shit that they're... Uh training private yes. citizens yes to arrest immigrants to arrest immigrants which what is going to lead to nothing but racial incidents because as soon as they see a brown person they're going to say you're an immigrant a thousand and get the percent. fuck out the country so 
Yeah, ICE is wilding. We need to abolish ICE. Um, part of the proceeds for these uh, shirts go toward helping families that were separated at the border. Um, and well, I like they're going to go to all kinds of uh, um, immigration issues now. Uh, but like, yeah, don't forget, there's kids in cages still. Yeah, you know that's still going on. Um, but you know, other than that. You can check us out uh, on all the different platforms. We'll be here with y'all next week with some more fire for that ass. Um, Peace. Peace. Serious Rapture is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. What do explorers, a former newspaper editor, and a Minnesota insurance salesman have in common? They all wanted to be the first to reach the North Pole. I'm Kat Long, science editor at Mental Floss and the host of The Quest for the North Pole, a new podcast launching January 15th about our insatiable desire to explore the mysteries of the Arctic and stand at the top of the world. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Listen to The Quest for the North Pole every Friday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Robert Evans, host of Behind the Bastards. And if you're like me, you're probably worried right now, in part because of the fascist insurrection on January 6th in Washington, D.C. But what if I were to tell you that what happened in D.C. was just the latest in more than a century of fascist attempts to take over democratic governments, many of them successful? Learn about the history of these insurrections and the history of anti-fascist actions attempting to stop them when you listen to Behind the Insurrections on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.